0: What's going on, guys? It's Nick here, back on the video. It's Tuesday. It's time to go over the top waiver wire ads for week three. It was, unfortunately, a brutal week for injuries, so there are actually a lot of quality options on free agency. I have five players listed as being worth the number one claim, though four of them are players we went over last week, so it's likely either you got them or someone else also did. I just figured I'd mention them in case those were not the case. So, for running backs, we'll start off with Kyron Williams. Cam Akers was a healthy scratch, and they're currently looking to trade him. That leaves the backfield to Kyron Williams, Ronnie Rivers, and Zach Evans. Uh, You know, this week, Kyron plays 95% of the snaps, doesn't have like a million touches. I guess if you kind of expected 95% of the snaps, you'd think it was, you know, closer to like 25 touches, but. He had 14 carries, he had six receptions, he also had 10 targets, so it's still 24 total opportunities, ultimately gains 100 yards and a touchdown. I doubt he's going to maintain, you know, a 95% snap share each week, I got to think they're going to activate some of the running backs, they're going to, you know, start utilizing other players, so probably not going to happen. But the man just had 24 opportunities uh, when you're counting in, of course, the 10 targets, They're trying to trade away his biggest competition, like he's obviously a priority add this week if he's there. Right behind Kyron, you have Jerome Ford, of course. I think everyone saw the Nick Chubb injury, a brutal injury, very likely done for the season. This is going to push into the next season. He might not be able to start next season fully healthy. We don't really know when he's going to be fully healthy, if he'll ever be back to 100%, which is horrible Um For Jerome Ford, right now he's going to be the Browns' number one running back. uh, And right now he's going to be backed up by Pierre Strong. But who knows? Do they go after Kareem Hunt in free agency or Leonard Fournette or a different running back in free agency? Do they try and trade for a running back? Because they still think they're obviously a very good team. Uh, and if they think it's too much of a downgrade going through a full season of Ford and strong, maybe they go after someone in the trade market. Uh, Just sort of tough to know which route they'll go with right now. I think maybe this week we will learn that because I'm imagining beat reporters, you know, they're going to be asking that question. Like they're going to be asking them, what are your plans running back? And a lot of times teams do kind of answer that honestly, so we'll see what happens. Um, but for right now, I mean, you're going to get a decent amount of touches for Jerome Ford. Uh, we'll talk about Pierre Strong a little bit, but like obviously, like a lesser option for Strong. But still, both of them need to be rostered in all formats. And again, Ford's worth the number one claim because there still is a world where they don't go after someone, in which case you need to be playing Ford every week. Uh, after Kyron, after Ford, we got Puka. Um, he should be rostered, obviously, given Week One he had. But if he's not going after him, uh, currently leads the NFL in target share by over three and a half percent. He's first among all players in expected fantasy points. That is a very, very strong role. Did 20 targets last week? Absolutely insane. Obviously, those are going to drop once Cup returns. Like no one thinks that's not the case. Uh, but the Rams clearly trust him. He's got 35 targets through two weeks. He's clearly good. The production is there. Uh, so it's going to fall. Like. Cup's going to command a lot of those, but they still like him. He's still a good player. He's still going to have a role when Cup returns. And who really knows when Cup's going to return? Uh, behind Puka, you have Zach Moss, um, who we also went over last week. Someone I was very, very on uh, last week. Plays all but one snap. I didn't think it was going to be that much. I mean, we we all knew that like they had injuries, that Deion Jackson just wasn't very good. But I did not think that he would play all but one snap. So I definitely under-projected him. He handled 22 touches, gained 92 yards. So not like hyper-efficient, but still... Much better than the, like, 1.1 or less than 1.1. Even yards we carry Dylan Jackson had before. uh, Has that touchdown. Had a really good game. Now, for him, it's another one where, like, we don't know. We don't know when JT is going to return. But I'll say for Moss, like, even if, like, JT's fully healthy. So, in week five, they can't just, like, keep him out, really, right? So, either he's going to hold out, they're going to trade him, something's going to happen there. Uh, But... There's a world where like JT plays, but it's not for the Colts. And because that's a possibility, you're going to want to be rostering Zach Moss. Um, yes, there's a chance that JT returns. Moss would be just like a high upside handcuff. But I think he's still worth number one claim just because of that possibility that JT doesn't play for the Colts again. Uh, then finally, last player worth number one claim is Nico Collins. 12th among wide receivers and expected fantasy points. Fifth in air yards per game. Tank Dell is going to be used a good amount. But we just saw Tank Dell have a really good game. I think it was, what, 7 for 72 and a touchdown. And we still had 7 for 146 and a score. Nico Collins, he is their wide receiver one. And he's got that super valuable downfield role. I still love Tank Dell. We're going to talk about him in a few seconds here. Um, He's more of a PPR player. more going to get those, you know, short and intermediate routes. But, like, Nico Collins is going to be used intermediate. He's going to be used downfield. This is an offense that's going to throw the ball a lot. Like, given his usage, he absolutely needs to be rostered right now Uh, looking at players who are still good to claim um, but I would definitely not use number one claim on them probably not a number two claim either as we get into like three on you can definitely use them Uh, and that would be Tutu Atwell Nathaniel Dell or Tank Dell whatever they're listed as uh, Kadarius Tony, Jaden Reed, Josh Reynolds and Marvin Mims. Tutu and Tank Dell have very strong roles on offense and are players I'd expect to be valuable. All season long, um, as we talked about last week, 2-2 will lose more value than Puka when Cooper Cup does return. But he's been great in back-to-back weeks. And honestly, he's been impressive this season. He's better than I thought he was. Um, I do think that his role will maintain. And I think that like when Cup returns, you're just basically, I mean, I think he's going to kick Van Jefferson out. Like They're going to have three wide receiver sets of 2-2, Puka, and Cooper Cup. Um, as for tank, someone that I've been on for the last few months, didn't really know when he would start to hit, but I mean, 79% snap share last week. That's awesome for a rookie. Um, he's commanded 10 targets last week, caught seven for 72 in a score, as we said before. And like we said before as well, like the Texans are more pass heavy than we thought. Like I did not think they would lean so pass heavy. That's leading to more plays. As we talked about with our pet that hit, uh, for, uh, the Saturday video, just look at that Colts. In Texans games, just seeing how like much production there was going to be when people didn't think there would be any, but that's going to continue happening for the Texans. So especially in full PPR leagues, if the plays are really there, if the passing volume is there, like I don't think Nathaniel Dell is going to go out there every week and have you know over a hundred yards. But if he's racking up you know seven or eight targets in a lot of these games, that's very very valuable to have. Uh Tony up next. I kind of put into a tier of his own because he's not like like some of these players are like short-term rentals some are long-term plays tony is just like an upside piece that i don't think will ever develop into a full-time role but the upside is there and so he should probably be rostered i know a lot of people did drop him after week one um, played a lot better this week and his you know targets to routes run ratio is completely absurd the issue is it's so high because they only put him out there when they're kind of scheming him looks. They're not specifically being like, run around on this play, you're definitely getting the ball, but they put him out there in situations where he's likely to get a target. If he had a higher snap share, his targets to snaps ratio would obviously go down because he's not getting as many design looks. So don't think that all of a sudden they give him a 75% snap share and he's turning into like a wide receiver one, but that snaps can really only go up. He's been at 25 and 28%. So if he can approach you know, half the snaps, he's just out there on a really good offense and he's a very explosive player. Like It's a good situation for him. Uh, probably not someone I'm going after, but I understand the upside. Uh, Jane Reed, Josh Reynolds, Marvin Mims are all lower upside pieces uh, than the wide receivers we've been over right now. But that's not to say they can't hit. I guess lower percent chance of hitting their upside and then for some of them um their window isn't super wide i guess like Jaden reed has been awesome but obviously christian watson is going to return soon and that's going to hurt his floor and his ceiling i still think Jaden reed's a really good player and someone you should just roster for the rest of the season even when christian watson returns but like you're not starting him when watson returns right away and we'll kind of see how that shakes out but the odds are you know he'll be more of like a second flex play more someone with there's a lot of buys and injuries but hey Buys are coming. Injuries are already here. And so, Jaden Reed's still a good player to go after. Um, Reynolds, like a little bit less. He's been decent. I believe he scored two touchdowns this week. He looked really good in that first week. Uh, had he scored, it would have won a lot of money on DraftKings in that first week. Um, but he got tackled, you know, when he was breaking away. Anyways, um, he's been really, really good. But obviously, I understand he's a short-term rental because we have the suspension for Jameson Williams. So, once Jameson Williams returns from his six-game suspension in Week 7... Well, now obviously Reynolds is gonna be still quality, but he's not gonna see as many targets as he has been right now. And then Marvin Mims, been awesome when they decide to play him, but he's only played 17 and 16 snaps over the last two weeks. Um, I do fully expect him to be that number three wide receiver and to push for number two this season. That's kind of what we've been thinking long term. Um, so he's a more like, you know, second half of the year. I think second half of the year is when he'll break out, but hey. You know, he ran like 16, 17 rounds this week. He had over 100 yards and a score. He's been explosive when at wherever they've used him. Like they use him in the punt return, he has a long punt return. Like he's been really, really good. It's just that he's not playing many snaps right now. So you can't start him right now. But if you want to stash, go after him. Uh, at running back, your options are the ones we went over. And then also Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Matt Breida, Pierre Strong, Kareem Hunt, Roshan, TyJay Spears, Craig Reynolds, Gary Brightwell, and Sean tucker the last four i just mentioned there so spears craig reynolds uh brightwell and tucker they're definitely lower end options i don't think you need to claim them i don't think you need to use any fab on them wait for waivers to kind of clear if you want to add them after go for it um but you know if you've had an injury if you've had multiple injuries you Have openings on your bench spot, whether it's through dropping players, through putting people on IR. I don't mind rostering any of those four. Spears and Tucker will be, you know, less viable unless there's an injury. Like, I still don't see a world, even if you had like, like even if you had Saquon and Chubb, and now you're like, oh my goodness, I drafted those two and waited forever, and now I have no one. Like, I still don't think you're starting Spears or Tucker. Uh, whereas uh, Reynolds brightwell well there are more short-term options because of injuries that you can go after so it depends what you're looking for with those four um but even then like i don't think you're using reynolds or brightwell unless you're probably in a 14-team league or you've got crushed with injuries in a 12-team league um, but again players you can definitely roster because maybe the role is larger than i'm expecting the other six are more viable if you need them and ones that i'd be fine using claims on i uh, just not super high claims um gus over hill in my opinion just because i've never been super high on justice hill never loved him as a player i don't think he's that amazing um also i don't care that much about the receiving role on baltimore i did when they had dobbins because they were going to use dobbins in the receiving game uh, and they'll use hill in the receiving game but i think gus is just better on the ground he'll be the better option at the goal line and i'd rather that role on baltimore than you know Getting a couple targets for Justice like I don't think that's super valuable. Um, But both of them, you know, worth rostering, obviously, with J.K. Dobbins out. Uh, Brito will probably look like the most appealing to everyone, um, you know, especially since he's on free agency, probably everywhere. Uh, Saquon played 97% of the snaps, so we don't actually really know what the split's going to be like, right, because he gets hurt, you know, after the entire game is over, and so we don't see what happens after the injury. Sometimes that's fine because we don't always really get to know after injuries. Like teams just kind of throw them out there and like, let's just get through this game. and We'll reevaluate after that. But Saquon's expected to miss uh, about a month. Three, week, three to four weeks is probably how long he's going to be out. And so we're going to have Brita and Brightwell sharing the workload. I talked about Brightwell before just being like, you know, a lower end option because I think Brita is going to be the number one. But... If you think Brightwell is going to be the guy or you think he's going to get a ton of touches, you can reverse this. Um, again, Bright only has four touches a season. Like We just don't really know what the role is going to be. Um, definitely um, a better option than Hill and Gus if you need the production right now. So you had the Saquon injury. You had the Chubb injury. You've got players who have busted. You need production this week. Well, I think that Breda is going to be the guy. So I think he's the one that you go after. If you wouldn't be using Breda, you wouldn't be using these guys. You'd be like, I want to add someone, but not for right now. Long term, well, I'd probably rather Hill or Gus because like if you're not starting them for the next four or five weeks, well, why even add um, Breda? Because like it's going to cost you a lot more in fab. It's going to cost you a much higher claim and you're not even using them right away. Um, Then we have strong hunt. And Roshan, uh, more speculation adds. Strong is the number two and honestly didn't look bad when he was on the Patriots last season. Uh, It was on limited snap share, but I don't think he's a bad player. Like, I really do think they could actually go with um, Jerome Ford and Pierre Strong as their two running backs. But we'll see because I don't know if they're going to sign someone or trade someone. And once that happens, obviously, Strong is useless. Um, And then, I mean, Hunt would be a potential one that they would sign. So that's why, like, Hunt becomes, you know, more appealing because when you have these injuries at running back pile up, well, now more and more teams are like, okay, maybe we do go after Kareem Hunt and maybe he signs somewhere. So, you know, good stash on the bench. But obviously, if you need it right now, well, he's still not on a team. Uh, and then finally, for Roshan, form was a healthy scratch. Um, Didn't lead to a ton of snaps for Roshan. Uh, not amazing production, but he's still efficient. I still think he's a really, really good player. Um, I think he's someone that could overtake... Herbert, honestly, I just think Herbert and Roshan are both really, really good. And so while both are healthy, I think they're just going to split rest of season, which again, makes it more of a stash for me because it's effectively still a three running back committee when you add in fields. Um, and he is still right now the number two, but even if he wasn't, it's just such a big committee on a team that's, you know, not going to utilize the running backs in the receiving game. So all that has to come on the ground and you need a lot of touches. You need touchdowns for that to happen. And so I think he's a great stash, uh, not something you can use right now at tight end basically same thing we talked about last week. Uh, There are no players worth spending a high claim on, no players worth spending a ton of fab on, but there are quality options on free agency. People who have strong roles that are available in a lot of leagues, Zach Ertz, Sam Laporta, Hunter Henry, and Cade Otten. Ertz is actually second among all tight ends in expected fantasy points this season, while Hunter Henry is fourth. Been a bit of an odd start this season at the tight end position, but All four of them have very strong roles. All should be rostered in most leagues. As for streaming options this week, it's tough. At quarterback and defense, it's a really bad week for streaming. So hopefully you already have someone. Top options at quarterback are Russell Wilson at the Dolphins, uh, Jordan Love versus the Saints, and then Sam Howell versus the Bills. To be honest, none of those excite me. And so again, hopefully you have something. Jordan Love will look like the most appealing because he has so many fantasy points this season. I think he's a trap. He's got an 11.5% touchdown rate. That's obviously unsustainable. It's not going to continue. Patrick Mahomes, in the best season of his career, was at 8.6%. So we're just seeing a ton of touchdowns for Jordan Love. They're going to run some in. They're going to have games where he's not throwing for three touchdowns. And then, obviously, his stats will come crashing down after that. I still think he's, you know, honestly, he should be rostered. Like, he's a good streaming option most weeks. But uh, this week, like, fine. But, you know, a really good defense against the Saints if he doesn't have such a high touchdown rate, it drops down to like one or two touchdowns. He's also not somewhere expecting to throw for over 300 yards, and so the floor is going to make itself apparent soon when he's not scoring all those touchdowns. But again, one of the better options this week because it's not a great week. And then finally, uh, defense streaming options are Colts at the or yeah, Colts at the Ravens, Jaguars at home versus the Texans, and then Bucks at home versus the Eagles. Again, not super appealing. So hopefully, you already have something all ready. So. You can see exactly how I'd order all those players, how much fab I'd spend on them, what waiver claims I would use all on my website, thefinancefootballadvice.com. I'll be back tomorrow to go over some trade targets. And later today, the rest of season rankings will go live on the site and the rest of season projections will as well, which means you can now start using the trade calculator. So that'll do it for this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button and have a subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.